0: hey everybody did you, you want to start over i heard a, a truck just drive by
1: no it's okay my neighbors are assholes uh, okay
0: it's a steward this is a scuffed opening right what here.
1: a what a way to start yeah. <laughs> um, actually it, it kind of fits with the the feeling because today we're going to be discussing um death robot jungle yeah um, which I, I, so, are you familiar with who uh, Exalted Funeral and Games Omnivorous are?
0: No. So, when I was doing my research on uh, this game, I saw that it was kickstarted. It was kickstarted um, a couple years back. It actually did really well on Kickstarter.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, which... so, and and that's kind of what I wanted to start with, I guess. So, um, you know, the the it was this whole thing or project or whatever was. Uh, originally written by uh, Andre uh, Navoa, and then graphic design was by Alex uh, Figuera, mm-hmm. it really leans heavily on the graphic design. Um, yeah. Because, and the reason I hesitate to say, or hesitate to really identify what this is, is, um, so this project, or product, is a um, vinyl, ostensibly, like a like an LP. Um, the cover and the back are um, kind of an adventure. And then there's a map setting on the interior gatefold of the vinyl. Yeah. Sort of the Um, DM screen. Yeah. So it's, yeah, exactly. Like, so, so there's, they do put out music. There's 10 tracks uh, for use during play. Yeah. Um, We're not going to discuss, or I, I don't really have any notes on the tracks. They're all good. Really? I have some notes on the tracks. Okay. Well, we can discuss that. Um, I'm surprised I mean, you don't have any notes on the tracks. I thought, I mean, like,
0: the music would be, like, your jam. It's,
1: well, it's good and thematic, but um, I tend not to use background music when I run a game. So, like, I listen to these, and I'm like, okay, this sounds kind of cool, just as, like, like the equivalent of, like, video game music. Like, I, I listen to video game music, like, scoring. Hmm. Um, I, because I use some background music
0: for my games. And yeah. I I kind of like that ambiance. I
1: oh, it I certainly that, adds to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just I, something that I don't really incorporate personally. So I didn't have any notes on on that hmm. um, necessarily. I mean,
0: like okay, right.
1: I mean I can drop in um, music cues too <laughs> mm-hmm. as as well, like during the uh, the thing. So as long as we talk about the track that that we'll be discussing. I can just drop that in. Um... Oh, I mean, you don't
0: have to, like, put it in the, the actual podcast. I just thought that maybe, you know, with your musical background and everything like that, just the way that things were scored, um, just, like, the sound of it. Because, you know, it, each track kind of has a, a unique sound for that event, uh, right. which is kind of cool because, like, So the map's broken up into like different sections Um, and the map's pretty cool. It's like equivalent to an eight bit sort of um, map, Uh, which I, you know, I enjoy that kind of retro eight bit sort of style, but you know, that's my own personal kind of. um...
1: Yeah. The graphic design is really, really well done for this, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, And you know, like, like I was saying earlier, Games Omnivorous is 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 a, a I don't know where they're based. I my suspicion is that they're based somewhere in South America, hmm. um, and that's just based on authors' names. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, okay. but Games Omnivorous, if people aren't familiar, they they do um like minimalist RPG stuff. Um, like I'm on their site right now. They're running a Kickstarter for Mouse Ritter, which is basically Mouse Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, they did one called Seventeenth Century Minimalist, which is you know low fantasy, old school type type playing. Um, they they have a really interesting design approach, I think, um, and they have kind of a manifesto listed on their website, mm-hmm. and. They have 10 rules. Um, And just one by one, um, all books are adventures. The adventures must be system agnostic. The adventures must take place on Earth. The adventures can only have one location. The adventures can only have one monster. Adventures must include saprophagy or osteophagy. Um, The adventures must include a voracious eater. Adventures have to have less than 6,666 words uh adventures can only be in two colors and the lost rule is that the adventures cannot have good taste
0: (laughs) interesting
1: (laughs) so they lean heavily into that like diy like all of their adventures you you see them posted on the um on their website they're all 15 euro or oh maybe maybe they're actually based in portugal um because they're all their prices are in euro um But they hmm. have things like the Feast on Titan Head and Cabin Risotto Fever. Um, and they, they lean into kind of like that heavy metal approach. Uh, oh, oh actually, I actually have another thing that's on their website that's sold out right now called Undying Sands. which <laughs> um, It's basically a GM screen and then a hex crawl made up of tiles that you reach into a bag. And as you, you're exploring the map, the player will place one. Oh, that's so it's cool. kind of off the cuff Uh, yeah gming that so i will
0: yeah Uh, that's on that note i will say that um this leans heavy on like the gm there's not really that many rules so this is definitely not a game for like a green gm a a gm who's just like coming into role playing or you know has a few games under their belt um it it, it seems kind of strange that they have these particular rules because it kind of like puts them in a box and everything along those lines. I I was kind of surprised to hear that, but, um, but yeah. And that's
1: for like their books. Like this, this is something that they, they quite classify as psych weirdness. Um, but because like undying sands is, um, is another hex crawly type thing. And that's, that's where it was located alongside death robot jungle. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, as I was reading the rules, I was like, wow, this is, this is going to be kind of difficult for the GM because they, you know, they give you a setting and they give you the music and everything along those lines. But um, they really leave a lot of stuff up to you. And if, you know, if you're an experienced GM and you have like a vision and I think this would be great to play but yeah. if you just kind of like in getting started and everything along those lines this might be a little bit of a difficult stretch because there's yeah. no like actual like stats for any of the characters there's no real like progression like they have very uh, wide strokes when it comes to the overall like world and everything along those lines they have, like, very generalized things where they have particular, like, like, tribes and everything along those lines. Like, there's a weird, like, crustacean
1: tribe, um, yeah.
0: squid-based tribe, some robots.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, which, which I love because, um, like, and this is something that kind of comes out of that, like, old old school, um, quote-unquote, um, movement in, in role-playing, where they're trying to emulate basic D&D. but mm-hmm. basic D&D is uh, i'm pretty sure copy protected it's at, at some point um, so a lot of the things are meant to be system agnostic and the dm can just kind of pepper in whatever they want so like you could you could run this with uh, star wars if you want it yeah because and and the reason i say that is uh, for for people who haven't seen seeing the map and the way it's like the map honestly looks like um there's an old DN uh, second edition D D module called Isle of Dread where your characters are shipwrecked on this island. Um and honestly the map kind of looks like that. And so you mm-hmm. could I could see you running an adventure where you're oh yeah we're we're all going out to sea. There's a huge storm. And you wash up on and then you <laughs> you know roll on a table to, to to figure out where where your characters are ending up.
0: Yeah. I mean, it does lend itself to a lot of like brewing with it and everything along those lines. And yeah. I quite like that. I think that's really cool and it just it feels like if you're new to DMing, this might not be like the best to start
1: yeah this isn't something to get your feet wet yeah this this isn't something that i would talk. also i well I, i take that back so if you have someone who's a new dm but they're kind of struggling with running uh like the printed modules for example like if if you have someone who's wanting to dm fifth edition and they have uh you know, Tyranny of Dragons, for instance, and they are, they can't keep all of those things straight, right? Something like this that's so loosey-goosey might work, provided, provided that they know what type of monsters go where.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I feel um, like you would really have to have, like, a outline. Yeah, exactly. Because, as, you know, I wouldn't call myself a veteran GM, but, like, as a... i would call you i appreciate that (laughs) um you know it's always it's always nice to have a outline when you have a very loose system sure there there are times with like D &D where i don't have to have such a strong outline because you know with D &D, it can be linear at particular moments in Mm -hmm. time so i can kind of like lean on the party to make a decision and then kind of really be flexible with like knowing the rules and everything along those lines and rolling with the punches yeah. with this game you really do want a um kind of an outline especially since they do give you a little bit of a map like a road map in their map where it's like broken out into sections and stuff like that yeah. but it's it's cool because the sections all have um numerical values to them and those numerical values um are associated with which track that you play on the vinyl Mm -hmm. or on Spotify I found out that the um oh there's
1: Spotify plugin. yep yeah
0: so um there's a playlist on Spotify because that's where I actually listened to all the music was off of Spotify uh just because you know I Do a lot of the stuff on the fly. So I usually listen to music. And yeah, it was it was really cool to sort of like listen to the music on on my phone and everything along those lines. And if you know, if you didn't want to try to get the vinyl, because I know a lot of people don't like have record players
1: oh it's it's sold out it was it was uh one of i think like yeah. 300 like it, it it was a ridiculously wood printing
0: uh yeah so i feel like you could probably just print out a lot of the material since again there's not too much material mm-hmm. and just play the music off of spotify
1: yeah yeah i mean that's yeah. definitely a thing uh oh yeah okay so yeah 500 copies um yeah were, were printed up on vinyl um and you know it's such a weird little product that i even if i never use which i i do desperately want to use this (laughs) because Mm -hmm. it's such a cool little thing of like um you know i i i like the the freedom of just the little blurbs that they have with the areas so like area 11 i'm looking at just Mm-hmm. One of the sixteen is uh, a village, village of a tribe that reveres the splendid squid, fears the swamp thing, idolatries, idolatrizes one of the twin volcanoes, and is at war with the invading robots. Yeah, like you can you can build a series of adventures just off that one description. Yeah, and yeah, there's there's you can. fifteen other areas on the island for them to explore. <laughs> yeah,
0: and. Um, You know, and it kind of gives you that kind of prompt and you work around with that prompt. Um, Mm -hmm. And those particular sections all kind of tie in with each other. Yeah. Where, you know, the warring... Like, there's a volcano where you can, like, occasionally make sacrifices and stuff like that. It's it's, it's a really fun, tight little game. I don't think it's a game where you're going to be playing it as a campaign i think this is definitely a a one shot because i think all in total the music adds up to about let me see how many
1: hours it's probably like an uh like a half hour or something like that Mm, it might be a little longer well and the, the reason i say that is that there's only there's only like a possible of 20 minutes per side and there's so you know there's 10 tracks mm-hmm um yeah so it is it's
0: actually 33 minutes yeah 10 10 tracks yep
1: yeah and i mean that's that's about what i would expect for a for a one one record lp um yeah
0: i mean truly when i'm playing um when like i'm running a DD session and i'm planning like background music I usually have a playlist again through Spotify that's about 2 hours depending on like exactly what the party's doing. If yeah. there's like an epic fight, I try to um uh, plan out enough music for that fight. And sometimes, you know, especially if it's a quite a large um fight, it'll end up being about like 2 hours. So Okay. yeah. So yeah, I guess and I guess that kind of leads me to another question is like, so let's say these tracks are about like four minutes, mm-hmm. probably like averaging three minutes. If your party or your group of people are on a particular like section for, you know, 15 minutes, are you just looping that music?
1: I mean, yeah, you if you're using it like that, I, that's how I would assume that you're doing. Because eh, I again, I feel I'm not like somebody... that might
0: like get on your not on your nerves, but like I feel like it might lose some of its charm if you're like listening to the same track for like you know fifteen minutes or something like that. Though a lot of these tracks are are, are bangers, as as the uh, kids <laughs> as say the kids nowadays. Say... Yeah, because yeah, I'm mean... definitely i uh, I'm a zoomer, zoomer, boomer, zoomer.
1: I don't Zoom. know. Malignant. I'm a zoomer and a boomer. You're you're. you're I zoom
0: so fast I boom, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, these tracks are like I enjoyed listening to this. Like I added a couple of um. Oh well, good. Songs. I'm glad
1: that I was able to introduce like a music thing, and you weren't just like. Ugh.
0: <laughs> no, no. I I again I add music to my um D and D experience. I think that music does really. If you find, like, a good track or if you can really make a good playlist, it adds a lot to the experience, especially when there's, like, high moments of, like, like reaching a particular goal or something along those lines. I really do think that music can enhance a person's experience through D&D. Yeah. And um, a tip for some of you D&D or GMs or DM players out there, um, feel free to, like, you know, describe all the senses. I know a lot of the people focus mainly on just, like, Sight the... and sound. Sight, yeah, sight and sound. Feel free to, like, explore sense, it, it, like, smell, or, like, how the air feels on somebody's skin or something along those lines. I feel like a lot of the other senses are kind of downplayed so so tidbit just a little tidbit right there yeah but um <laughs> but I do feel like these tracks enhance like I would be jamming out when I'm playing a game to these tracks it's just I don't know how long it would take for me to sort of be like uh this is kind of grating on me like listening to the 11th time as I'm trying to figure out what to do with these squid folks
1: yeah exactly i mean like there's there's a couple of tracks on here that like you said are really all like my favorites i think of them are the twin volcanoes hot lava mm-hmm. and uh just because the like the the gurgling feel of that music yeah. it's trying to sound like lava um and just the chaotic noise of the track that, bear with me, robots go to glowing cascades in search of eternal life. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like that's such I a frog-sounding uh...
1: track. Like it, I, I I like that the um that they took the time to actually write music for this little hex crawl. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is immersive, and... even though I don't, I wouldn't be one who's inclined to play music behind me because I get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um it it is helpful for lots of people i think and you know like yeah. you, said, you you use music frequently which really adds yeah. to the amb- ambiance. i just i don't think i could run a game to do that
0: yeah and i do think that it ties like some emotions to that particular like so the most popular one on spotify is robot invasion which i really like I thought it was really cool. Yeah. The second one is the uh, twin volcano hot lava. Yeah, and then the third one is the crabs and frogs loathing each other. Um, but I really like the um the robot invasion. I think that is a fantastic track. And
1: well, there's a reason it's I re- track one. Yeah. <laughs> it it really pulls you in.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I particularly like like that these tracks really are different they they cater to a different sort of feel as well as like a a different kind of vibe to them like they're all not samey they they are different in their own rights which is nice because again if you're like listening to these tracks multiple times it does help out that like you're not listening to the same similar beat but just like switched up a little bit. If you get my drift.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I was was all in all really just kind of happy to listen to the music. And again, I really think that the music is, is real. So the robot invasion one reminds me a lot of like the gorillas in that kind of like
1: hip hop. Oh, I can see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah so it really like i feel like it lends itself well with that kind of like style that's why it's my favorite because i really enjoy the gorillas yeah but it feels like each one is like telling the story and i really you know like that kind of appeal that it you know it is telling a story and it's giving you like these really interesting like vibes and everything so so and from what I can see on Spotify, like it's got some views. It's got some listens, I guess, not views, but listens too. (laughs) So I'm not sure if that means that people are like just playing the game and stuff, or if, you know, people are just kind of like jamming out to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if, if you're ever interested in things like this, um, the, the people that they partnered with, um, to kind, as kind of a distributor, um, is the Exalted Funeral. Like, Exalted Funeral mm-hmm. has their, their stamp on the label for this because they're, I think they were the exclusive um, distributors for it. Hmm. But, um, like, they, they put one out um, recently that's a little, it's like this, but it's a seven inch and it's a single, it's an actual adventure, it's not a hex crawl called Mm. um ancient undead spider wizard (laughs) where (laughs) it's a it's a a dungeon that's in the shape of a spider and (laughs) and there's there's little things but but it's it's just a little seven inch and so there's there's only uh four tracks on it right Hmm. um but uh oh actually no i'm mistaken it's not um games omnivorous that put that out so it's different people but this is a trend in people trying to to put um like offbeat products out like you know you you wouldn't see like wizards of the coast i don't think put out something like this yeah um, like it's, this is it's people such just a... experimenting
0: and i'm glad that you know people <clears throat> are taking this time to experiment with like different medias and i'm glad oh, to yeah. see that they're doing well
1: oh yeah yeah because i mean right. like i said this this particular product has been sold out like pretty much since it went live like they had obviously they they kickstarted funds and, and get, got it out to their um, kickstarter people um mm-hmm. but then they had 500 left and went through exalted funeral in their website and it's sold out now like because i i got it through exalted funeral a couple of years ago from um
0: do you have that well,
1: yeah yeah i do um oh, it's nice. it's um yeah well so so it's not a couple of years ago i guess it's 2020 is when it I got it through exalted feels like a couple years it feels like a couple (laughs) years but yeah like that was deep in the middle of the pandemic and they had their um like they have a yearly like we're slashing 80 percent off of all of our items in the shop just just to move stuff or maybe they were moving locations and they'll so yeah like they'll occasionally put up you know extreme discounts on their stuff and it's all like little um we, it, it's either weird things like this or like i have a couple of zines that are like complete games but they're only like 10 pages and they're staple bound you know yeah um, but but yeah like exalted funeral is a really cool website to go to like they they also sell if you're you know on the spookier side they're also an esoteric store so they'll they'll have like books that are like on herbalism and, <laughs> and things like that oh, that's cool mm-hmm. um yeah, like they're so, they're in thick with um, Necrotic Gnome, who puts out the uh, the old school essentials, which is is really just basic D and D. Like it's it's mm-hmm. reskinned basic D and D, but it's it's again that old school feel. Like that's that's kind of what they cater to. Um, yeah, because I think Exalted Funeral also puts out Troika in conjunction with uh, Melsonian Arts Council. Um, like you can go down some weird rabbit holes with some of these like indie producers that are yeah. really really cool.
0: I bet, yeah. Um, so my question to you would be: Would you run this
1: game? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would. I would um run it like I said, kind of like um, Isle of Dread. Mm-hmm. Um, because if and. Yeah, I, I i described it earlier like that that's an old old module where your the characters just crash land or shipwreck on this this island and they kind of have to figure out what's going on by exploring um yeah so yeah like i would i would run it not as like a full campaign um no i', I, I don't, it's, a, again, it's a i don't
0: think it lends itself to a full campaign i think it's it's a, a good one shot that's probably about maybe two hours three hours
1: oh see i would would run it for multiple sessions like i i I think there's you think that there's there's, enough meat there there's enough in here if you go through um it like if you treat it like a hex crawl you could probably get five or six sessions out of it but i don't think you could do a full on like one through 20th level campaign Hmm. Um, i mean you could probably do that you could also do a one-shot like you said and just have it be like like i i'm thinking of how you would do a one-shot and be like okay um like if i were doing that i would probably say like okay here's some pre-gen pcs you're all part of this tribe that's in this jungle and there's this thing Mm -hmm. in the jungle right like that would be the framing that i would set up instead of, like, the shipwrecked aspect of, like, okay, your characters are from the island and you're in this tribe, but you're only familiar with these, like, four squares.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think... I could see that lending itself to a longer campaign. I do feel, though, that with the lack of character creation, it might be a little odd trying to like progress characters if you
1: oh well, well yeah and i mean it's it is system agnostic so like it's they're leaning heavily on the fact that like maybe people are playing basic dnd maybe they're playing um uh the black hack or old school essentials even something like that so that like mm-hmm. they're not like, they, I, I don't think they want you to actually build any specific systems worth of characters. Cause, like uh, I said,
0: you could see that's where I got, uh, I, I felt like, oh, well, you could just kind of homebrew a character creation. Oh,
1: I mean, you deal. could, you could do that. Yeah. Like, and like I said, it's system agnostic. Cause, like, for anyone, um, who doesn't have access to it, the, uh, you know, like, like Stuart and I have been mentioning the, uh, the areas there's are 16 areas they all have a little blurb about them so you can kind of populate that as you will uh mm-hmm. there's a random table for you uh to describe the flora and the fauna uh and then mm-hmm. there are even little special events in the corner so like one of the special events is uh uh let's see the rains are acid burning all foreigners one tsunami yeah. occurs per year on solstice earthquakes <laughs> exist but are not real yeah, tribal I, I, I like bathe in magma. So, like, there's there's little details to give every little specific section a little bit of flavor.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like,
1: you know, if you're as your characters enter uh, the area that is a cloud forest with thousands of plateaus of rainforest that are covered in an odd fog, you could describe that as going, yeah, you know, I'm going to roll on the fauna table, and there are uh, flying stingrays. Just yeah. amongst the clouds, just zooming in the background, they're flying stingrays. Uh, oh, what plants are there? Oh, well, they're all bushes with these long tongues.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> like
0: <laughs> like it can get kind of. Wow. Yeah, like
1: you're. It's like it's it's very much leaning, like I said, into that like like weird sci-fi fantasy thing. Like you could probably run a level of Troika in this. Uh, yeah, and and so like yeah it's just a weird little project that or product that i wanted to talk about because like it's it's such a weird thing to do like, yeah, why yeah would you, i'm who who prints up an lp with original music and then includes a map and some?
0: <laughs> yeah so i was interested like because i wasn't able to find too much information on like who scored this or who like composed it because it's again it has some good like I mean, none of its, none of the um, tracks have like any vocals or anything along those lines. It's oh, yeah, it's, just kind it's of all
1: like, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, a bit of some ambience, like um, like jungle type kind of music, some like techno, some tribal like drums and uh, chant. Well, not chanting, but drums and like beats and stuff like that. Yeah, it's again it for all of the tracks that they have it feels like each track is kind of unique in itself and yeah i couldn't really find out like who actually composed these particular tracks because you know it seems like they put a lot of effort into the art of the board the rules and everything like that but i do feel like the majority of the effort kind of went into this music
1: yeah well and and i'm looking at the back of the vinyl now and it's um it's the the author oh uh, so the writing and co- the person who did the writing and concept um also did the music and with with another person uh manuel pinheiro i hmm. um, sorry for butchering that name i do not speak portuguese um and i'm assuming that this is uh from portugal um and then there's a thing here that says except tracks five, 10. And then I'm assuming 11, 13 and 14 are Kickstarter things because my vinyl only has 10 tracks. Yeah. Um,
0: well, my Spotify only has 10 as well.
1: Gotcha. So, I mean, maybe that's a joke too, but it's, <laughs> but it's except yeah. tracks five, 10, 11, 13 and 14 by Andrew Navoa or Andre Navoa, uh, David Santos, uh, Luis Carmona car, car- Carmona, uh, Yao Moreas, Yao uh, Maria Fonseca, Manuel Pinero, and uh, Sergio Pires, and then all hmm. instruments are by either Andre Navoa, the person who wrote this, or the person who produced it, which is Manuel Pinero. Uh, and then they had a couple people in for saxophone, clarinet, flute, and electric guitar.
0: Yeah. So and again, <laughs> it's, it's very unique. Yeah. In yeah, each it's track. And I, I enjoy that. Like, you know, if you're going to make a a role-playing game based off of music, you definitely want to bring in, like, good music. Like, if the music wasn't good, I feel like this wouldn't done as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, if the music was garbage, it would be like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I paid for some cardboard. Which, I mean, that's just most role-playing games anyway, so...
0: yeah but like i feel like the system isn't like isn't much the right home about like it's unique but it's not like game breaking or anything along those lines but i feel like it's the music that really ties it together and again the music is really good like i'm going to use a couple of tracks when um when i need to put together a a list and yeah, I just I thought that like the music was the big selling point, and I was not disappointed.
1: Well, good. I'm I'm again I'm I'm glad that I uh, suggested some music that, <laughs> that turned out to yeah. be a banger and not like a, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you have to say about um, Death Robot Jungle?
0: No, I would um just say give it a shot um again if you have spotify you could probably listen to some of the music to see if it's something that would interest you if it Mm -hmm. does maybe go and print out some of the like actual game pieces
1: yeah i'm not sure where you could find those you um I'm I'm sure someone has scanned because like it's it's really only just the middle portion of the vinyl, but it's a weird format um, size mm-hmm. because it's for vinyl. <laughs> um,
0: yeah,
1: I'm sure you can you can Google around online and find that. Um, ever since uh, the the shitheads on Twitter decided to take down the Trove, you can no longer find it in the Trove. So. Hmm. There goes that, but um, yeah. I mean, it's really only it's only two um pieces, really. There's the map if you want to give the players the map of the island, uh, and then there's the inner sleeve, which is the stuff with all the area, all the stuff the GM would need to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I highly recommend it. I highly recommend anything because i've i've played mouse Ritter before and it looks like they're doing a, a second edition of it um yeah i have way too many books that i haven't played so i probably <laughs> will not pick up mouse Ritter version two but it is fun um burning wheel has let mouse guard go out of print so if you want to play tiny mice specifically uh, mouse Ritter is i think the, the only game that comes to mind that let you do that and yeah. Uh, yeah, just keep your eyes out on Exalted Funeral because they have really good tastes and um, they partner with interesting people that make really cool little independent projects.
0: Yeah. Uh, um,
1: but, uh, but yeah, so with that, it's time for some me-me-me's. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, how many do you have? I, I, I got four, but they're real quick.
0: Yeah, I've got about like two,
1: two. Okay, all right. Well, I can start off first and um, not not two of them out of the way, so we can just kind of stagger them out. Um, okay. I guess the uh, the the first thing I first of two movies I'll talk about is uh, Mad Max. Uh, have you ever seen Mad Max? Uh, which one? Uh, the very first one with Mel Gibson. Yes, I have. So i don't know why. i have seen like,
0: thunderdome though
1: uh it's uh, it's not great <laughs> um yeah I mean, there historical. was only two right uh there was no mad max four there's there's mad max um road well warrior, not not
0: any of the remakes but the um the one with mel Gibson in it
1: yeah there's so there's mad max there's road warrior and then mad uh. max beyond thunderdome and then fury road was supposed to have mel gibson in it but it took like 30 years for george miller to make that
0: movie so yeah um, and you know i i'm okay with him not being in it
1: yeah yeah i'm i'm perfectly fine um
0: yeah I'm, i i'm perfectly happy how it turned out
1: yeah like the um the the thing with this original one that i had never noticed because i've seen the original like a lot of times right <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's it's just one of those movies that you see when you're like nine or ten and you're like holy shit this is crazy and i love it (laughs) especially if you're into like post-apocalyptic stuff Mm because it's very like the first one is very much on the cusp of a post-apocalypse like watching it this time um and actually because I you know I haven't watched it in probably 15 years or so right but it was on mm-hmm. Netflix and I was just like oh I haven't seen this in a while I'll turn this on I'm watching it and I'm actually paying attention to the dialogue as an adult now and it's like oh shit there's a severe climate collapse going on in this hmm. country oh shit uh, I think society has crump like has already crumbled because like the the older guy who is his boss um the only reason they have that big gas guzzling car anymore is because they got it to bribe max to keep him with the police and the police are kind of like a lawful good gang. Like they don't really have um, like any, any backup from the law, like criminals get in and out and they're like, Oh, you held them. Like there's, there's no reason for you to hold them because there's no like jail system. And It's like, uh, yeah, oh wow society has just like collapsed and these are people that are like just oh which i mean makes sense how reckless they are because you know the the movie opens with uh, a car chase going horribly horribly wrong (laughs) yeah (laughs) and them killing the people that they're going after um but but like yeah the 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 police in that movie are pretty much a gang but they're a gang for good
0: um I mean isn't that what police are
1: uh, yeah I mean fair enough <laughs> fair enough that's that's exactly it um but
0: I mean, I mean they've got a whole like blue you know
1: you well, I mean, think you they, I would I would just call them a straight-up gang right now like, yeah. <laughs> um your mileage may vary on that. though <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but no like it's it's a really like so it's it's a uh a part of the genre that's called ozploitation because in the 70s there were all these filmmakers coming out of australia making these weird little gonzo um you know b movies basically mm-hmm. um and i don't know if you've ever seen the production still of the way they shot some of some of this movie um but george it's Miller. been a while george miller is a fucking madman and i love it um <laughs> mad max filming because like there's there's a, there's a famous shot that it's like oh shit he could not do that now um let me see what it is it, it's it's with the motorcycle chases and there's a shot of, yeah, if you do a search for Mad Max filming motorcycle, yes. um, there's a shot of the guy who is portraying the police officer driving the motorcycle. And then there's the cameraman holding about a 30-pound camera, not holding on to the motorcycle, sitting behind him. And the motorcycle driver is crouched really low because he's got to keep his helmet out of the, the um, view of the camera dang and this is before any sort of like i mean maybe he knew you could do this or maybe it just didn't like occur to him but like there are people like that that guy's on that motorcycle with no hands going like 40 miles an hour like because you can can see the speedometer Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the shot um Hmm. and it's just like wow he is so lucky that he has not had anyone die on his set um yeah which i mean they they um he kind of reproduced that somewhat in uh fury road where you know tom hardy has his hands bound behind him and he's on the front of a vehicle
0: oh yeah yeah and
1: he like his comment on it was like yeah you know 40 miles an hour doesn't sound like it's very (laughs) Fast. fast Except for when you're stuck with a stick up your ass on the front of a car, like a hood ornament and you can't. Yeah. That's pretty fast. <laughs> well, and like there's stories of like, you know, Tom Hardy's son, um, like when they were shooting it, like his son was, was on set and he, at, he, like his son's probably like 10 years old asking George Miller, what happens if he falls off that? And his response was, well, I imagine he'd go under the wheels. <laughs>
0: not great not great
1: yeah i mean that's kind of a shitty way to respond to a kid's question like that but um you know if if you have never seen it i do highly recommend this movie um except for the fact that mel gibson's in it although i don't i can't imagine he has any screen royalties from this because this is like this movie was made in australia like there's no like union stuff there from like 1978 (laughs) I can't imagine um but but yeah that's that's a um it's a really fun movie and it's a really fun movie when you start looking at who because like George Miller had never made a movie before he he was like a doctor who wrote up the screenplay and shot it with some friends (laughs) and that turned into this thing and he stopped being I dark. guess
0: when you have doctor money sure yeah, yeah exactly Make your own film
1: exactly um and then uh yeah I highly recommend that to everyone who has not seen it um the other thing is uh I watched triple uh, x have you ever seen that
0: a long long time ago wow <laughs> that movie was like I remember, movie- I remember watching it like in college
1: Oh, see it came i remember seeing it in theaters and i want to say that i saw it in high school yeah. um it's it's the uh for anyone who doesn't know what it is it's the Vin Diesel, um spy movie yeah o2 so i would have been in uh, high school like okay. senior year um <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's really like stuck in the early aughts like yeah i bet it
0: ages horrible
1: well like the movie starts uh with him stealing um i think it's a congressman's like classic car like like not well it's a classic car now but it is a corvette um and he stops for a pit stop because he's this like extreme sports like revolutionary (laughs) And so he has yeah. this pit crew assemble um like a uh, like a, a, a splash camera on the on the dash with all of this like caging around it and like the quality looks terrible because it's just going up online on his website or whatever, and then he like purposely like drives the car off of a bridge and then parachutes his ass out of the car, right? Because extreme
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um and it's just amazing to me going, oh, see, if they were to make this today, like, he would just go in there and stick his iPhone on the dash of that
0: car <laughs> yeah.
1: and have yeah. much better footage. Um, It's a big, dumb spy movie. Like, I had fun watching it. It's super dumb. Good. I mean, <laughs>
0: does it, I assume they use all sorts of references that just don't age well.
1: Yeah, they don't age well. I mean, like, it's, it's a. Is there are a bunch
0: know, of. uh slang that's like mm, no one says that anymore
1: yeah i mean it's you know it's almost 20 years old and that's not excusing it because like y- you know like homophobic slurs have always like have meant what they've meant like it was never okay to use them but like somewhere around 2013 i think hollywood decided oh wait we can't say this anymore can we yeah And so if you watch anything before then, and it's, they're trying to be funny, like, they're gonna slip some slurs in there, and it's, it's you're not gonna have a good time with it, but you know, it's, if you can overlook that, like, it's just a big, dumb action movie. Um, and actually, you know what, I don't think they do, and I think it's Fast and the Furious I'm thinking of, where they actually stick some slurs in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that's this one because this is one that that Vin Diesel produced and he he tends to steer away from that and just like his stipulation for his movies tend to be, I can't not look awesome 100% of the time. Like that's the one thing in all of his movies. I can never take a
0: hit that makes me like fall to the ground.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, it's why, you know, The Rock I think has the same stipulation in his contract. So it's like... Whenever they're together in a Fast and the Furious movie, if you watch like they'll fight, but they'll they'll fight in like dumb ways, like they'll punch each other and they'll both fall down at the same speed. And it's like Vin <laughs> <Ben laughs> Diesel is equals. not a very big man, The Rock is a massive man. You can't yeah. tell me that they would <laughs> they're hitting with e- equal force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, no, like it's just a big dumb spy movie. It's it's like it poses the question what would happen if james bond were an extreme sports enthusiast and had his own like pre-youtube internet um, following following yeah um i mean
0: a spy with a following that's <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose but you know
1: <laughs> it, you know it really does um and yeah like th- this movie just just cracks me up for several because it's it's so dumb it's yeah it's like watching a steven Seagal movie but not um not having to live with the fact that the star is a horrible monster and you should probably donate to some charity um after watching the movie because <laughs> vin diesel from what i can tell is actually a good guy steven Seagal yeah. is not so <laughs> yeah um but yeah those are those my first two things Oh, nice
0: well my um i also watched the movie uh i ended up watching the new suicide squad which was oh. a lot of fun so i had previously saw or, or previously seen the um the first suicide squad like a while ago and that was not a great movie and you know it had its problems um it both had its like filming problems as well as like directional problems and Mm -hmm. things along those lines and like you could tell that the the cut that um the director was trying to put out there in the first movie wasn't the vision that um i believe warner brothers wanted to go with so they decided to you know make their own particular cut and it just turned out horribly feels like this movie it took itself a lot less serious which is great because you know the suicide squad is is supposed to be kind of a, a weirder not slapstick but like you know a strange look into hero culture and particular like villains and stuff like that like it was nice because they didn't give, like, every single villain a a splash screen. Um, <laughs> there's a great, like, subversion of um, expectation at the very beginning, which I thought was hilarious. They even kind of, like, reference a little bit back to the Order movie, like, boomerangs in here for a little bit. Oh. Uh, yeah, good old boomerang. The thing is, too, like this movie is not like Harley Quinn focused. Like Harley Quinn's probably in about half of the movie, which is kind of nice because there's a lot like, and you know, I'm glad that she's gotten her own like movies. I'm glad that they've like really explored it. But you know, the Suicide Squad isn't just a Harley film. It, It really has that like exploration into other villains. Because, you know, different people have different kind of ways of handling things and stuff like that. So, I'm glad that it wasn't, like, them just focusing solely on Harley. Because sometimes, you know, they can do that, like, knowing that a lot of Harley Quinn, like, merchandise and stuff sells well. Yeah. Like, you know, she's a very popular character with a a strong brand recognition so i'm glad that they kind of gave other people um the spotlight and kind of explored their background and like there was a great um there there was a lot of great like party um interaction and stuff like that yeah and um the acting was actually really good too. Uh, they had I forget the one wrestler's name. Um,
1: oh, John Cena.
0: Yeah. His yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, really good. Um, actor. Like.
1: Yeah, he's. I he's, know. There's a reason he plays such a face a baby face so well.
0: Yeah, and it it you know I was surprised that um his range. Especially, you know, his characters' um, progression is interesting. I'll say that much, and not try to get into like any spoilers or anything along those lines. But yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed watching the movie. I really enjoyed just like seeing these new characters, like seeing them explore the space, and just sort of going on the ride and like having a good time just seeing where everybody kind of like grew as a character and yeah i think it's a fantastic movie i think it's like it's one of the dc's betters better movies
1: i've been hearing that and you know it's funny i i liked um i i did even with the warts in it like the original suicide squad
0: (laughs) (laughs) even with all of like
1: yeah i mean so like that movie had had like fundamental problems in the the way that the studio made it um Mm -hmm. to be honest because like like i've seen a lot of people who have it sounds like right because i haven't seen this one yet but it sounds like rightfully have been praising this movie by also like kind of shit bagging david ayer the director of the last movie and going man Mm -hmm. what a piece of shit he couldn't make that movie well and it's like well I th- so like there's two different situations so like David Ayer for the original one had I think like four weeks to write a script yeah. um, he didn't have like he had like
0: family movie. issues too like he... yeah he had
1: some family issues but he also didn't have like he had only directed a couple of like independent budget movies and so he didn't really have the clout to push back against studio notes yeah
0: and they were um, trying to do it with like grimdark they were trying to like again make and they were doing a lot of that with a lot of their um their property their dc property where it's like it's gotta be realistic and gritty and blah 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 right well and it's
1: it's a different approach now with uh, with dc because also like with him not having the clout to push back he couldn't say no to the studio when they said okay we're going to take your movie and we're going to give it to the marketing team that cut the trailer so he had like really no say in how it was edited together whereas james gunn has the clout to go no no i'm writing this and i'm cutting it like
0: yeah um this is my vision this is what i'm doing
1: and also it's not connected like it doesn't have to fit in with anything else because dc has decided oh we're just doing standalones
0: now. yeah which is nice because they don't have to like ham in any sort of you know like at the end like you know shocker or anything like that or like throw in a character just to be like hey i'm i'm here i'm batman look at me now i'm going to go away yeah because i remember in the the previous one they kind of had to explain like why aren't these superheroes like helping out with this problem and they're like oh well they're doing other things like it really like this movie does not talk about like other superheroes. They don't even mention Batman. They don't yeah. mention any like the Justice League folks. So,
1: well, I mean, the whole problem with the or the the biggest problem to my mind of, of the first one is that, yeah, like this would have gotten caught on us. Like if you had more than four weeks to put the script together, but mm-hmm. the problems start because they were there in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> if they had done nothing nothing like the movie would not have happened so in the first one yeah it um
0: (laughs) but i i enjoy i enjoyed like the main group of people like they were very enjoyable and you know they there's this really interesting scene when they're like at this one village and they're trying to like show off to each other yeah and um yeah it's just it's a really good scene and I, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was good, and yeah. I would recommend it for anybody who's like a big um, DC fan. Especially since you know I read a lot of the uh, comics and stuff, and um, they oh, did the have some OG characters like um like uh Hammer not Hammerhead, it's a shark. I forget oh, what King the shark's shark? name was. Yeah, yeah King, King shark. shark. Yeah, so. You know they do like pull in some characters from the the first one. So,
1: man, so, yeah. I want to know about the weasel. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: the weasel's a uh, a fan favorite. Um, uh,
1: it's-, uh, it's just hilarious to me that they have a character and and yeah, like they gave him enough freedom to be like yeah this is just going to be straight up an r-rated movie of <laughs> like yeah well yeah, that, and he, he was that just killed like 37 preschoolers <laughs> well and that and
0: he can throw in these like stupid random things like yeah. i'm going to make this one weasel character it's going to be ridiculous <laughs> but people are going to love it
1: and people did love it oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i can't wait to watch it it's um because yeah like i I, the suicide squad to me like even going back to the comic is such a ridiculous but such a cool idea (laughs) yeah yeah
0: Um, i mean and they even kind of explore a lot of like that um like the particular like yeah like the consequences as well as like the system of doing that and whatnot and i i enjoyed it i really did enjoy it and i thought it was again it's much better than the first one i'm not blaming the first one for being bad but i think that this one kind of redeemed uh the suicide squad and i'm glad that it was able to be like its own thing oh, it good. wasn't like
1: yeah nice mm-hmm. um also uh, I I watched most of a season of a show that I I don't know if I like it or I don't. I'm I'm not finishing it.
0: Still on the fence.
1: I'm on the fence. Oh, you're not finishing it. No, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to finish it unless I like.
0: Then you don't like it.
1: <laughs> um. Well, so I can I like solve it. that problem for you right there. I, well, I you like don't it like it. Theory. I like the idea of it more than. But the But you're show not going to finish stuff. it. Um, but it's called Floor Is Lava
0: oh that game show yeah i know that yeah, game show. Like, i mean it's all right it's, it's it's dumb
1: yeah it's super dumb i i do like the idea of um a game show for because because i mean i don't remember know if you remember or ever watched like guts or legends of the hidden temple or things like that but like the idea of a game show like that for adults <laughs> it's yeah. not american gladiators because that was the, another show of, of that type <laughs> but like i don't know like the contestants are i think i stopped watching it because of the contestants like they're contestants. all they're all just yeah so of like irritating well they and like try to do themes
0: and, Yeah, they try to do like theme groups because it's three people trying to complete this course and it's a lot of just like a lot of just climbing on things or like yeah. because you can't touch the floor so uh i'm surprised no one yells out parkour as they're trying to like do <laughs> parkour. <things>. yeah <laughs> but yeah there are some annoying people like they end up getting like the frat brothers group where it's like three frat brothers and um you know it's it's strange but i feel like it's it's nice dumb tv if you want something in the background when you're actually like trying to do something
1: oh it is i oh, well and and it's funny i don't know um how like this the studio was set up or whatnot but there are some falls that people take that it's like man even with the amount of padding the place yeah. that, that person fell that had to fucking it had hurt. Had to
0: hurt yeah <laughs> um, and but, i think that's <laughs> That's the thing is like it does kind of like hurt unfortunately.
1: Well like so... the thing the thing that scares me for humanity is that so this this came out this is one of those batch of shows like Tiger King that came out when um, and yeah like the pandemic first started and so lots of people were watching it and um I, I remember last summer there were people concerned about like where are these people going? when they lose and it's like well what do you mean and they go well we never see them come up so they drown right it's like no no they stopped for editing (laughs) what what, no they want to keep it
0: mysterious that they actually drowned
1: in the water they like no one's saving it's like well no they probably stop shooting and let them get yeah. out, or... Yeah. <laughs> no one's drowning on the set of Flory's lava. Come on.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and they're trying to play up the, like, it's lava. So, like, even when people fall in, they'll, like, ham it up and be like, ah, I'm oh, burning no. the death Yeah. They'll, they'll ham it up, because it's your, like, ten seconds of fame, so yeah. why not be the person who hams it, so... Yeah.
1: Oh, it, it just that was one of the stories that came out that i was just like man i am so terrified about the future
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah i I've, I've seen that and it is a a dumb show but i feel super like dumb. <laughs> yeah I feel like you don't have to finish it because it's not like it's telling a story or anything along those lines. Yeah. Also, the announcer person seems very snarky. Like, yeah, that was the snarky. other thing. Like,
1: I I would have preferred if you could like hit a setting and be like audio, no narration. I do not yeah. need any narration from this. So I can just watch what's going on.
0: Yeah, and it suffers from that. Like, oh, we're going to show this clip. Like. Five times of this person falling in different like angles just yeah. so you can see like the ridiculousness of the fall. Yeah, it's like okay, I well, I, and I mean,
1: mean it. yeah, like you, you know me, like it's it, 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 I i will chuckle, like, as like not not watching certain types of videos, but like I will chuckle if people like hurt themselves on camera because they're being dumb. Um, yeah, like I have no problem like sitting and watching someone like. Fall off a ladder into some bushes because they didn't have the ladder set up properly <laughs> like, yeah and that's this, funny but this... like the the narration for this between the narration and the contestants i'm like ah, i like the idea of this show but i don't like the way it's done hopefully they fix something like that yeah. in season two because it's apparently got a season two coming
0: i'm sure i mean it again it's a popular show really well yeah yeah and it's probably a, a bit of the pandemic helping that out but you know. yeah Yeah
1: yeah there are some things like um like that uh, like tiger king and you know bridgerton and like shows that came out the pa- during the pandemic and it's like are these shows really that good or is yeah it or are they just kind of <laughs> um, the crown was another one that i think although that one's been on the air for a while but hmm. um but yeah so that was that was my third thing
0: okay uh, yeah, so my, I guess, final thing is um, I actually <laughs> bought myself a Splatoon 2. I am a big fan, so I really loved Splatoon. Um, that was one of the reasons why I actually bought a, a not a Switch, a, um, a Wii U. I think I was one of the 10 people who actually purchased the Wii U. Same. And I got it for <laughs> Splatoon.
1: I was one of the other 10 people
0: yeah what game did you particularly
1: get for it um i got it for um mario kart 8 oh, okay. and also splatoon yeah i mean so you played splatoon you... yeah 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 i yeah. although although i will say that um that my wife is is a much bigger and much better uh or much bigger fan and much better player of it
0: mm. well i will say my because i played the hell out of that game and when i picked it up because you know it's it's been out for a while and nintendo did one of their like multiplayer sales where it was on sale and it had the bundle of the um, dlc for like a very reasonable price Hmm. like you know nintendo loves keeping their games at 50 dollars yeah you know no matter (laughs) if it's you know two years old or a month old it's always going to be around like 50 60 dollars so with the dlc and the actual game it ended up being about like 40 dollars, and i was like all right I'll, I'll do that for you know for this game and for dlc i really liked it a lot of my skills still translate i'm i'm still doing pretty good <laughs> which i'm very happy about and it's like it it's they put so many quality of life um, benefits into that game, which I am so happy about because there were some quality of life things where you're just like, okay, I've got to walk all the way over here and, you know, got to switch up my gear at this other place where now you can all do it from like a menu and everything along those lines. And the matchmaking seems a lot better and there's still like, the soundtrack's really great. it's still you know all oh it drips yeah there's there's another it drips, uh, there's
1: another yeah, thing. there's a lot
0: of drip there's a lot of drip in here and <laughs> one of the cool things is so you get like um clothing and all the clothings very stylized, very cool. You can have shoes, shirt and a top. Usually it's a hat or something along those lines during the start of the pandemic they actually started adding in masks for like oh that's cool yeah so like there's a lot of masks like and it's all different types of masks some of them are like basic like you know face masks with logos on them and things along those lines and i thought that was really cool where they're like trying to normalize or at least put in their video game like these characters are wearing masks like you can wear a mask it's you know these cool looking things and you can look cool and wear a mask so i thought that was kind of i thought that was kind of cool like that they added that like feature and everything along those lines trying you know just to show people like this is a normal thing yeah yeah so i was happy about that and just like the game is still tight like it's very very um easy to get into it's very uh you're able to like shoot and play and ink things because you're inking all over and yeah i i'm happy that i purchased this and i'm happy that i ended up just like deciding to do this for myself so so i'm uh, i'm playing now uh the crappy well I guess it's kind of a crappy thing, but you do have to get a Nintendo like monthly, yearly subscription
1: uh, online for their online
0: service. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't the greatest, but it's not too terribly bad. It's just because (laughs) for like a year, it's $30, which isn't great, but isn't you know isn't too bad i try to justify it to myself <laughs> but um and you actually get access to a like an online shop in the game where you can purchase things off of like well you can order things and then like purchase them in game with in game uh money like there is no like real money transaction which is great like you don't have to worry about that and yeah it's just it's been a lot of fun playing it it i'm definitely getting my my groove back when it comes to (laughs) to like relearning a lot of these newer maps relearning like what to do and strategy and stuff like that so yeah. yeah who knows maybe Maybe one day you'll see me online, and you'll be like, "Look at that, that person. They're doing great." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Splatoon. If if you like the first game, definitely check out the second game if you haven't already. Yeah,
1: it's it, it's a very good game. Um, it is,
0: and again, like a lot of the first, like. I enjoy playing first-person shooters, and this one is again very responsive, and it feels good when you're like inking up the entire area because it's not based on like how many like kills you get or anything like that. It's they have different um, modes that you can play, but the main mode is just how much ink you can put on the floor, so it's more of like a a control. Than an actual, like, trying to get as many kills as possible. Gotcha. Mm hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, when I played, I always played with the uh, the roller guy.
0: It was just. Yeah, they still have roller. They have a lot of new, like, um, weapons and everything along those lines, so.
1: Okay. Yeah, I would check it out. Yeah, I mean, I got to get a Switch first, but... Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah, like no, that. like, it, it sounds like the type of thing that, that uh, I would enjoy. I know my wife, like I said, certainly don't dove, dove head first into Splatoon, and usually, like, if I were working late, I would come in, uh, and she would just be, like, playing the Wii cursing yeah. at probably the, the eight-year-olds that were yeah. that she was fighting against. And they've got this
0: new co-op mode that's really fun, too. Oh, it's where, co-op. Well, there's one of the modes that you can do co-op where it's like, oh. you're a crew of four, and you're it's a PvE, where you're facing against the environment.
1: Okay.
0: Trying to collect um, uh, I guess golden eggs and stuff like that. Which is a lot of fun too. Like there's a lot of interesting, cool modes. So, Hmm. so yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Well, that's cool. Mm -hmm. It's,
1: it's always good to, uh, to go back to something that actually makes you happy rather than, Yeah. yeah.
0: And you know, something that like you really enjoyed playing previously and you're just like, okay, yeah. They put out a second game and it's done fantastic, so they
1: understand what people liked about it. They didn't do yeah. fiddling with things for no reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, they kept the main like core of the game and then they added a lot of new interesting things like yeah. the um working together and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah,
1: like, like, I always felt like the, the there was a missed opportunity for um for co op just because Yeah.
0: And now yeah. they have that.
1: Yeah. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been enjoying myself immensely.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, speaking of enjoying yourself immensely, um, mm-hmm. have you ever seen Agent Ica? Pardon? Agent Ica. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. It's an anime. Oh, it's an old anime. It's uh, it's an edgy. Oh, okay. Just so you know. <laughs> that's fine (laughs) it's a uh which yeah it's actually let me look that up and make sure that that's not a term that i'm misusing there um because it's not like it's not actually hentai um it's it's more fan service of just like a lot of a lot of upskirt a lot of like Uh, oh yeah no that's that's exactly the right term yes yeah yeah, it's Mm -hmm. etchy is a slang term for playfully sexual actions um so so i it's it's such a ridiculous world uh so the world i think is flooded because everyone is on boats um Mm -hmm. and submarines and so there's lots of shots of like them flying a uh a fighter jet and like having to pull back hard on the stick and the camera is situated so you're looking up a skirt um oh, huh. it's like oh, okay great <laughs> um, it's kind of a decent um just sci-fi like if if you overlook all of the things that are kind of weird and gross about it um
0: yeah
1: it's actually a pretty pretty funny sci-fi anime um and I'm looking at it now, and it's apparently an OVA series, so it was not ever- Oh, so it's like, not
0: too, yeah, too terribly long.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. There's there's only like seven episodes and a special, um, which if anyone is unfamiliar, um, an OVA is just original video animation. It's in the 90s? I think it was bigger in the 90s for OVAs, um, mm-hmm. where- they could get away with you know in Suncoast charging 60 dollars for a video cassette with 45 minutes and two episodes yeah
0: <laughs>
1: but they were they were very well done like usually um if you look at it shows that have like an ova component and then an anime series like record of Lotos war um the yeah. ova series like is super like the animation is super top-notch and in the anime series because it's syndicated is lacking in some yeah. um but um yeah so yeah just the 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 general plot of ICA is that that uh let's see so catastrophic catastrophic earthquake uh, 20 years prior tokyo sunk into the ocean um and so it basically follows uh kind of corporate espionage but they're they're like salvage agents where they're like getting stuff from the sunken city Um, Hmm. so it's kind of got that adventure component to it as well
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just be ready for weird gross anime situations (laughs) (laughs) like not super gross like there's there's more gross stuff
0: I'm always ready for weird gross anime situations this is like
1: pg gross this is not like R rating gross Um, there you go so yeah with that i um recommend that for you uh purvos out there I mean. <laughs> and uh yeah i guess next week uh we'll be talking about our book club book uh which is part one of two parts since there's a sequel that came out um which is uh, bird box yeah and maybe maybe some with the movie as well, although the the movie is kind of close, so we'll probably mm-hmm. just jam it all into one. Sounds um, good. But that's it for this week. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Uh, be kind. Rewind.
0: Yeah. See you all later. All right, bye. Bye. bye.